0: if you're innovating, creating, or making a difference. This show is for you. Welcome to Over Coffee, I'm Doc Cannon. Here on Over Coffee, we talk with artists and innovators about the process of changing the world in terms of what they do.
1: They'll enter through a grocery store that You know, if you were just walking by, not paying attention, might just appear like a normal grocery store. But if you pay any attention at all, you'll see things are kind of strange. You'll find portals, you'll find lore and narrative and humor throughout the space and lots of kind of bifurcating paths for you to explore.
0: And that grocery store is Omega Mart, the latest permanent art installation from arts and entertainment collective Meow Wolf. The phrase, art installation, really isn't a phrase that does justice to this immersive multimedia environment, which opened in Las Vegas in 2021. Omega Mart is an interactive show with 60 separate rooms, transporting visitors into other surreal realms. Technology, tunnels, slides, and all kinds of amazing visuals underscore a lot of imagination and humor. Guests have described their experience at Omega Mart as kaleidoscopic, hilarious, mind-bending, and a lot of fun, as Omega Mart carries through Meow Wolf's mission of inspiring creativity through art, exploration, and play. Spencer Olson is Senior Creative Director at Meow Wolf. Spencer, before we get to talking about Omega Mart, I'd love to know more about you. How did you first become inspired to make art your life's work?
1: My dad is an artist. So growing up, there was always kind of like a paint studio around the house. He's a graphic designer by trade. So I always thought that was kind of cool. He gave me my first art lessons. And yeah, that was the earliest entry point, I would say.
0: What's one of the most fun things your dad taught you about art?
1: I guess problem solving. He gave me an exercise once where I had to draw a face from reference upside down. So like the reference image was upside down. And then when we turned it over, he asked me what my favorite part was. And I was really proud of the nose, like the kind of rendering of the nose. And he told me to take a paintbrush, put white paint in it and cross out the nose and now make everything else as good as the nose was. Oh my
0: goodness.
1: Yeah, unexpected challenges that arise in art can lead to, like, exciting opportunities.
0: Which he was getting you ready, even though he didn't know it, for what you were going to be doing with Meow Wolf and with Omega Mart. How did Meow Wolf come on your radar and vice versa?
1: So that happened in 2015. Meow Wolf was doing kind of a traveling show in Las Vegas, Nevada, where I'm from, and I was... Working with the kind of curator who brought them out there, I was doing a mural sort of adjacent to their installation and just kind of introduced myself. I had an art show at the same time that festival was going on. So they got to see some of the artwork I was interested in making and we just sort of kept in touch from there.
0: You said on your LinkedIn that you love this group. What did you love very most about your early days of working with them?
1: Just the collaborative approach, like the sort of our sum is greater than our individual parts. We're able to make more ambitious work, more kind of like ambitious or visionary work than we could on our own if if we work on it together and kind of share a vision.
0: I'm struck by that when I see the videos of Omega Mart, because there's no earthly way any one artist could have done what you did. How did Omega Mart come about?
1: Omega Mart was a kind of, I guess, canonical, or it was like part of... Meow Wolf had done it in the past. They had done a first version of it as sort of a pop-up art show in Santa Fe. I think 2009-ish. That might be off, but it was something they had done before. And then going into the context of Las Vegas, they thought it would be sort of a poignant theme to revisit and create like a more ambitious version two of that art show.
0: Am I correct that you were the creative director of this from inception to the grand opening and beyond?
1: No, no. There was sort of a team of creative directors. I had creative director role on one part of it. So uh, like an area, we call them anchor spaces called the factory. And I kind of served a lot of different roles throughout the project mostly art director throughout the rest of the show sometimes concept artist sometimes graphic designer just wherever they needed there was like a a need to fill
0: How much fun does that seem to be? I counted 22 different roles on Meow Wolf's (laughs) Omega Mart. You cannot possibly have had an average workday, but what's one workday you really remember from those years that you were getting ready with Omega Mart as one of the artists?
1: Well, getting ready, I guess, aside from, from install, one of the most exciting things was it was a very ambitious, huge project in scale and scope which isn't totally uncommon, but what I found unique was that we were sort of creating a lore or story ourselves rather than being beholden to like an existing IP. We were creating it together and it was just very imaginative and kind of like a writer's room sort of vibe, I guess. Those days were really, really fun.
0: Let's look at that story together that you were creating. What are people going to discover when they come to Omega Mart in terms of a story?
1: Well, one sort of repeating theme, I guess, that Meowth likes to do is, I think the term was coined the accessible unknown. So by accessible, it means a house or a grocery store or a transit station, something that on service level appears familiar as an access point rather than just throwing them right into, you know, multiverse, psychedelia, alien worlds. They'll enter through a grocery store that, you know, if you were just walking by, not paying attention might just appear like a normal grocery store, but it takes very little inspection. If you pay any attention at all, you'll see things are kind of strange. You'll find portals, you'll find lore and narrative and humor throughout the space and lots of kind of bifurcating paths for you to explore.
0: I've seen a few wormholes here. I'm not going to spoil it by saying what it is, but is there any one Easter egg or anything you'd really love people to look for when they come inside of that grocery store that really isn't a grocery store?
1: Yeah, I think there's products in the store, obviously. A lot of them are real in that they're actually glass cleaner or actually a drink or a lemonade or something, which is all great, but when you read the label, it kind of gives you some hints at the narrative. Sometimes they're just cheeky, subversive humor that don't tie into the narrative, but we kind of like that too, that platform for surprise and non sequitur and just kind of placing breadcrumbs as, as frequently as we can for people to follow.
0: What's the creative process like when you're designing something like Moth Milk or Dragon Arteries or Y2K Beans?
1: Yeah. So the products, again, it it was very much like a writer's room, a big group around a conference table and people are kind of going around throwing ideas out there. Emily Montoya was the creative director for Omega Mart itself, that area, and she did a really good job of kind of setting a tone like sort of these categories of products or sort of a categories of surrealism for this kind of expression through products development. So that was a great launching off point to be able to have these sort of genres, I guess, or categories. And yeah, we just kind of like threw things around and saw what stuck or what made us laugh or what felt maybe poignant or meaningful in those work sessions.
0: I was wondering how you didn't double over laughing when you came up with some of these things. Do you you actually have people buy a $35 bag of potato chips called chumps?
1: Sometimes, yes. Yeah, I think those are actually pillows. So they're more of like a merch item than a food item. So it's a little more permanent than something you would just eat and then be stuck with a A bag wrapper.
0: (laughs) I was going through a video in preparation for this, and I kept going back and going, did they really have this? I finally had to remind myself, look, this is only one part of the whole installation. People are going to have to explore the supermarket on their own, but let's you and I walk out of the supermarket in our imagination through one of the wormholes or passageways, your choice, and you tell me a little bit about what we're going to see and what it was like for you to create it.
1: Sure. So. As you're exploring Omega Mart, there is a shelf that kind of has a, I guess, a forced perspective illusion that's broken pretty easily by, you know, parallax of your head moving. But on first impression, again, if you're not paying any attention at all, you might miss it. But if you're paying even the slightest bit of attention, you can see that you can slip through the the shelf into this kind of room of shelves where the products are kind of morphing and transforming and becoming more and more bizarre. And then when you pass through that room into the next room, that threshold will lead you to the factory where you can learn about the sort of production pipeline from source to manufacturing and their kind of Interdimensional logistical plans for for distribution of the products.
0: Source is kind of a key word that you use in your storytelling.
1: It is. It's sort of the, I guess, the summit of the narrative is this idea of a magical substance that is kind of pure creativity or inspiration that Jamcorp, the parent company of Omega Mart, is trying to harness and infuse in their products. And I guess I say trying to harness because what you might learn is source may be in all of us anyway. And it's hard to commodify something as, you know, ephemeral or magical as creativity.
0: It is overall a very magical message. It'd be tempting to look at this and say, well, this is a satire on corporate consumerism, but it's a lot more than that. I really loved the monolith village. And I really Mm -hmm. loved Herman resources robot. What was most fun (laughs) for you about creating those?
1: Oh, Herman resources is, is very near and dear to me. That one was really fun. We had a collaborating artist who specialized in making these interactive animatronics and his name is Tom Seppi. And Tom was very willing and excited to fit his specialties into art making specifically for this story and for this exhibit. So the idea there was, you know, we had a, a reception robot, which is very polished and very presentable because that's that's the face of the company of Dramcorp. And as you keep exploring, you know, you get kind of more behind the curtain, I guess, and you discover Herman Resources, which appears a little more like someone's tinker project, I guess. It's not quite as presentable, but has a much more advanced kind of empathizing AI that's perfect for interacting with humans.
0: You've basically created a nerd. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) I love it.
1: Yeah, Herman has some insecurities for sure, but is very loved
0: what was one of the most fun technologies you got to use in your work creating Omega
1: Mar? Oh, wow. There's, it's such a technology heavy show. So many come to mind. I'm trying to think of a, like a unique application. I think the laser harp was exciting to see develop. I was more of like an art director or concept artist role on that project. And the, The technologists, the kind of creative engineers who took it forward had very ambitious ideas on how to elevate it from the laser harp that's found at the House of Eternal Return in Santa Fe. That one is more of a trigger or a pluck. So you break the laser beam and it triggers a sound to play. And what Mason Wiley is the name of the lead artist on the Laser Harp 2.0 in Vegas, wanted much more articulation. So there's a depth sensor. So you can, it's basically like a theremin. So you have pluck, but then you also have kind of X, Y articulation. Wow.
0: People are just going to have to experience this. I've seen it on video, but there's no earthly way I can do it justice without actually people getting to see this.
1: You <laughs> yeah, it's one of those awesome things.
0: Problem solving was something that you learned from your dad early on. What was mm-hmm. one thing? Problem or one creative challenge that you really had to work around in order to make all of this work for a Mark?
1: Yeah, I don't know if I could think of one in particular because they were daily, especially during install, but even during the development, there was always some kind of challenge, whether it was budget or staffing resources, or maybe as simple as like a device that we wanted to use being out of stock or not being durable enough for, you know, millions of people a year coming through. But the the kind of approach that I've settled into for problem solving is kind of zooming the team out and putting yourself in the shoes of the guest. So, if it's that technology example, does the guest know that technology is being used? Can we give them the same experience or even not quite the same experience, but the same feeling or walking away, like knowing something they didn't know before or feeling something's possible they didn't know before with some other approach. Can we kind of go through a back door or around a corner rather than, you know, being stuck up against this obstacle? So it's just kind of zooming out and empathizing with how a guest would experience that, that piece
0: with the user of any creative work, that sounds like a really good lesson for, obviously most people aren't going to be making a 60 room art installation, but just about anybody listening is going to eventually have a creative project to do. What do you consider one of the very best creative lessons that you learned in the years that you were working on Omega Mart?
1: Hmm. Well, the problem solving comes to mind again, but I'd say, yeah, when you're collaborating on something large and ambitious, don't let yourself get stuck with your own intentions or ideas a yes and approach is really good especially when you're working with technical experts right so if you if you're trying to achieve an experience and you have an idea of how to achieve it and a technical expert comes in and tells you oh you could do it way cheaper way more efficient or even better with this direction, but it's going to take some redesign of your idea to get it there. Just being open, being uh, more empathy, I guess, in your problem solving, in your collaboration as well.
0: So flexibility, yes, and I can do it, as opposed to no, this is how it's going to be.
1: Sure, yeah.
0: Were there any points at which a project kind of took over and had a mind of its own, and you wound up with something like, whoa, this is even better than you envisioned it?
1: Yeah, that happens quite often. I think it's usually around the lore or narrative behind something as it develops. And as you're collaborating, these kind of epiphanies come to light and it can affect the story or the the purpose for that element or room or experience in the whole of the show. So being again, like, I guess, open minded to zooming out thinking about those more meaningful qualities to the work you're doing, like giving it purpose, even if it's not always apparent to everyone who experiences it. I think it's sort of a subconscious feeling when you're going through and there's a purpose or a lore or a meaning behind something being there.
0: I would personally recommend, there's this one gorgeous room that looks like you're walking inside of a kaleidoscope, and there's another room where you have hanging lilies, and they're just Mm -hmm. absolutely gorgeous. These would be my absolute favorites. A totally unfair question for you is, if you were going to tell me something absolutely not to miss, it's like asking your favorite child, but what would you tell me not to miss?
1: Okay. Top of mind is Pulse by Claudio Bueno. I think we've all, all meaning, Everyone on the team who worked on it kind of consider that the, you know, artistic summit of the experience. People go in there and say they had an out-of-body experience. They say they've, you know, wept or thought deeply about something they hadn't thought about deeply in a long time. She's a very transformative, transportating artist. Practically it's I think Eight layers. It's been so long since I worked on it. I'm on, I'm in like the next thing now, but it's multiple layers of hand painted acrylic with light moving between those layers, basically creating kind of a I guess, primitive animation, primitive as far as like animations are, it's a it's a tactile animation. So lights moving between those layers that she hand-painted stacked on top of each other, very similar to like cell vinyl animation where you're kind of moving the layers back and forth, but on a massive scale. It's, uh, I think, like a 12 by 12 foot room, 10 feet tall with light, just kind of, it's called pulse. It's pulsing, it's breathing, it looks alive
0: this is something that people will absolutely love to experience. You use the word tactile. and I think that's an important point is this is not hands off. Don't touch it as far as an art exhibition. We get to interact a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. What's one of the things that we haven't discussed so far that we might get to do when we come into Omega Mart?
1: Well, one of the things we like to do, we like to provide a little something for everyone, right? So the most of the exhibit, is ADA accessible? Well, that's very high priority for us. We want to, you know, give a little something for everyone. But we also like to ask our guests to sometimes stoop or crawl or climb. It's great for kids, but we've found and I've been surprised to find that adults are actually pretty excited to get on their hands and knees and crawl through a cave or get on a rope and climb through a cave up to the second floor or Yeah. Yeah. The tactile qualities apparent in the interactivity as well. There's lots of computers that contain games and and lore and sort of a scavenger hunt to guide you through the show, if you so choose.
0: Wow. What was the opening day of Omega Mart like for you, if I have it right, February
1: 2021? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was pretty overwhelming. I had Friends and family in town, and it was definitely emotional. I think I had to leave early because it was about four years. If yeah, it was like a little over four years that I worked on that show and dreamt about it being real. One of our founders and creative directors, Katie Kennedy, has done many of these meow shows, and she said you know, she kind of saw me like reacting and getting emotional. And she was like, it's like getting your brain outside of your brain. And I thought that was so true because it was, I was in this room that I had seen in concept art and in 3d models. And I would, you know, try to dream about at night and now it's real. And I'm like (laughs) doing this, rubbing my eyes, being like, I can't believe it's finally done (laughs) and I can walk around in it physically.
0: Seeing your dreams come to fruition, now you've given me chills. However, is it ever finally done? It looks like you're putting a lot of new things in as well.
1: Yeah, we. that's something really important to Meow Wolf is to keep refreshing and updating the show. It doesn't look like it to guests, but on opening day, for the people who worked on it, we can say we achieved maybe like 50 to 60% of what we set out to achieve and had to compromise a lot through those challenges and needs of the project budget timeline other challenges so yeah we want to we want to get it the rest of the way that we wanted it to be to its ultimate form i think i had heard you know maybe it was a year or two ago someone say that the house of eternal return was finally getting to the place that they've Initially set out to, and that was four years after grand opening. And we also, yeah, we want to keep it fresh and exciting for guests who want multiple visits, so they have something new to to explore and check out.
0: That's going to be awfully encouraging for anybody creating anything, because I haven't heard you say it has to be perfect. I haven't heard you say this is <laughs> the only way it'll be. I don't think I'm going to hear you say that.
1: Yeah, I'd like to say it doesn't have to be perfect, but it has to be exact which is sort of a vague creative direction <laughs> way to like, what does that mean exactly? But I think it just means that perfect is, you know, kind of embarrassing and, and unnecessary and not necessarily good, but exact is like, it works, It functions. It has aesthetic and artistic integrity, you know, but, you know, we can always improve.
0: <laughs> Time for a shameless plug. How do people find out more about Omega Mart and any special events or anything that you would like to promote?
1: On Meow Wolf's website, com, there's a newsletter you can sign up for if you're interested in events or updates. We, I think, maybe a couple times a month or once a month, share out Updates things we're up to, events, new products, merch. Yeah, anything new and exciting. Mini documentaries, we like to release those every once in a while, kind of behind the scenes. artist interviews, some of the teases of things that we have in the works for upcoming exhibitions. So lots of exciting stuff.
0: Meowwolf.com. Would you happen to be doing anything in Texas in 2023?
1: We will be doing a lot in Texas in 2023. I'm gonna be relocating there in mid-January and we'll be there working until it's ready. <laughs> until what's ready. Until the next meowl show is ready.
0: <laughs> okay. I will push you to answer anything further, but I happened that was a sneaky question because I was looking online. <laughs> You've got something hugely exciting coming up. Final question I'd like to ask for my podcast is if people could only get one thing from you about innovation, creativity and making a difference, what would you really like them to take away from the work you're doing?
1: From the work that I'm doing for MeowWolf, Wolf, I would like them to leave feeling like anything's possible or at least more things are possible than you thought were possible before you went collaboration opens up a lot of opportunities for elevating not only your work, but the work of the people you collaborate with. Again, that's something you can add your signature to and everyone kind of grows and elevates and learns together through that.
0: Spencer, thank you for your time today.
1: Of course. Thanks for having me.
0: You and I have been listening to Spencer Olson, Senior Creative Director at Santa Fe-based arts and entertainment collective Meow Wolf. Find out more about Meow Wolf's second permanent art exhibition, Omega Mart, located in Las Vegas Arts and Entertainment District Area 15 at meowwolf.com. That's meowwolf.com, and be sure to check the website for updates on Meow Wolf Grapevine, scheduled to come to Dallas in 2023. And that concludes this edition of Over Coffee. Thank you for listening. Listen to more Over Coffee podcasts at twomavericks.com. That's two, T-W-O, Mavericks, M-A-V-E-R-I-X. And you can contact us at twomavericks at gmail.com. The music you're hearing is royalty-free production music provided by Pond5 at pond5.com.
1: I'm Dot Cannon. Here's wishing you a cappuccino day.